millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's happening, people? And welcome to this week's episode of It's All Black Academic, the podcast with myself, Jordan. I'm enjoying this week. Uh, by my producer Alex Reed. Alex, what are you saying? You're back this week. I'm back this week. Hi, yeah? hi, hi, hi. You were hi. missed. I was I. Yeah, you were missed, man. You were missed. Nah, I, you were I, missed. Haven't, I haven't seen the fan mail, so I don't know. You're missed by me. Oh, That's okay. enough. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You all good? Yes, all is blessed. It's and good. yourself? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, keeping on. The weather seems to be on a random one last few days. Cold. Um, one minute it's cold, then it's bright, then it's bright and warm, then it's cold and miserable anyway um but otherwise yes all good sir all good um what's been happening what's what's caught your eye in 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 the world of news in the last in the last week okay so i was online and i had a bit of a browse um taking a bit of a hiatus but when i step in every so often i get caught up in the whirlwind and um it's a very small story at the minute um the fresh prince will smith is to play serena williams's father in any film called King Richard mm-hmm. um, because you know they wanted to talk about Serena Williams's and Venus Williams's dad yeah. as you know contributing to their success so I think it's a good idea mm-hmm. I don't mind like, I think that there should be a film for Serena Williams's dad because mm-hmm. obviously he's done a lot for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. however there was a lot of social media upcry and and on a storm just because they're saying they should have chosen a darker skinned actor they should have chosen somebody who had a bit more gravitas because I think it gets to a stage where they feel like Will Smith plays Will Smith in every film yeah same they, some people say Denzel Washington is Denzel Washington in every film yeah and playing somebody like uh, Serena Williams' father and picking Will Smith to do it just seemed like probably the easiest choice lazy a very the, bit of the laziest choice but I'm a Will Smith fan so I was very much like well I don't care it should be I, watching him be the father would be good because he's, he's proven to play a father well there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. In life, I'm both, <laughs> <laughs> I'm both the pursuit of happiness. Um, but, you know... Who knows? I'm not a massive Will Smith fan in terms of as an actor, um, but I'm a massive fan of Serena Williams. And for those who haven't seen the show we did on Serena Williams um, a few episodes back, go and check it out. You can find us, um, uh, you can find that show on ACAST and also on YouTube, Black Academic TV. Um, but I think, first of all, it's an amazing thing that they're, that they're recognising the contribution um their father has made to both their careers. They both clearly had... Uh, natural talent but as in many tennis stars lives they're driven by a parent and it tends to be the dad actually I was reading um, one of the best books I've ever read was a biography of Andre Agassi mm-hmm. great book really re- really well written and really insightful but he talks a lot about his dad's role in his career um, very interesting it's really good yeah I remember watching I remember watching a talk with Judy Murray and um, the amount of effort she put in mm-hmm. As a as as a, I mean, like these tennis players, to they had to have a lot of attention, yeah, a lot of attention, and a lot of effort from the parents to put into to, to contribute to their success. Like you know, definitely. So. And when you factor in the fact that you know it's not like the Williams came from a you know a wealthy and affluent uh, background, they weren't poor. I, I don't think no. it's, 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 it's fair to kind of they, you know they, they're now millionaires but they were poor from what I've read they were never really struggling for money yeah they were just probably just middle class people they were just like, normal yeah. yeah but it's still an expensive sport to put two of your daughters through yeah. and to, to, to see that through yeah. um, and the, the back end we're seeing now is having two of the greatest players to play the game I think is a testament to not only the, the, the women themselves but yeah. massively to, to to the father yeah so I'm looking forward to that we're so looking forward to that yeah um, be pretty good I mean I'm assuming that if Will Smith is attached to it it's going to be produced by his company by his entertainment company so um, where he probably just tends to have free reign and create these ideas himself anyway so, okay because um, they don't seem to be oh the Williams don't seem to be attached to the they're not involved in this production, like in the production side. I don't okay, think they are. but um, yeah, they haven't got a director yet, so who knows? I look forward. But you to know that. what? The internet's been the internet, so I look. Do you think just just briefly? Do you think there's an element of with this kind of controversy? There's an element of people just looking for an excuse to you know be outraged about something, or is there a genuine argument to, to say that well, why can't a darker skinned 
uh, actor yeah. play that role because people would say well if that's the case why don't you give it to a white actor who can put makeup on and make yourself yeah. dark yeah 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 um, I think that people are bored but, but quite simply I think they're bored of seeing the same actors over and over and over and over and so over it's again it's more a Will Smith thing think, rather yeah, than a, he's lighting think, yeah and I think there's and I think there is a good argument for that I do think that when you have um, an actor who has been you know built his career or her career for so long um, they get to an age where I think they have to be very specific about the um, roles they pick and the roles they take and where they and what they do next some tend to fizzle out and go down the more directing route and the production side of stuff because that's just kind of what they tend to be more concerned with mm-hmm. after but um, yeah I think that that's probably what it is. People are just bored of seeing the same old people well, and I think there's doing a, the same old things. There's, um, there's a case for he's that. diversifying his roles. Mm. I mean, you know, like he'd done the Suicide Squad and mm-hmm. various other um, roles. And, you know, like, yeah, it probably could have gone to somebody else. But if it's if it's his company behind it and he wants to do it, who can tell him anything? Nothing will stop him on that. Um, one quick um, thing from me, um, looking back, the, this week, the passing of the Prodigy frontman, Keith Flynn, he died at the age of 49. Um, and I only flagged this up because I, I'm not going to say I was a mahusive Prodigy fan, but as someone whose dad is a DJ and plays drum and bass and came through the late 80s kind of acid house era that then trans... trans uh, transformed into jungle and then latterly drum and bass um he's a he's he's a figure that's been massive in the underground british dance music culture scene and it's it's really hit a lot of djs and producers and people from that era that i know really hard he was first of all a very talented producer despite um his appearance and looking i mean i don't know why i've linked the fact that he looks scary as why you come talented but he is frightening he he has a he has a look that can be very very frightening, but it was a stage persona, mm-hmm. and people I know who knew him really well um, say he, that he was actually one of the most softly spoken, yeah. kindest, generous people um, they'd ever met in 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 the in the music scene. And it was a massive figure, uh, and Prodigy were massive. They had like number one hits and was then that song "I Predict a Riot." No, the, no, 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 no. That was, was um, Kings of Leon. I have no idea. Yeah, no, no, no. This is we're, we're talking like twenty, twenty-five years before that. Oh, okay. these, these these guys were Firestarter. Um, Firestar, Firestar, yeah. Yeah, 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 but even before that they kind of made their mark on the underground UK um, dance scene so obviously something anybody passes away and dies but um, a very prominent figure from the rave culture of which my predecessors um, predecessors my my fathers and people before me from that culture were a part of um, it's hit them them quite well so RIP to to Keith Flynn Um, right on this week's show we um, discussed we had a really good discussion. So by the time this recording, when we, by the time this recording comes out, International Women's Day, although on the show I called it International, I called it Independent Women's Day or something. I got it totally wrong on the show. Um, but International Women's Day okay. will have just passed. Um, and I thought that it was a really good idea to, uh, what was your idea actually to do the show? Was it was this, was this your idea? It probably was. Okay. <laughs> probably was it probably idea. was it probably <laughs> let's was go it. with that it was your idea to but, it was women's, but it was women's uh, yeah I did think it's International Women's Month so uh, yeah uh, yeah it was so we yeah. thought it was a good time which you thought it was a good opportunity to 
do a show that celebrates black women. Um, and we've done that. So we had a really strong panel of, of black women um, who discussed the successes and basically how black women are killing it and flying um, in 2019 across a whole w- wide area of society and sectors and industries. But a really good, positive and progressive debate. Um, hope you enjoy it. What's happening, people? Welcome to this week's episode of It's All Black Academic with your host, myself, Jordan Jarrett Bryan. Now, just before I get into our debate on our panel for this week, another reminder, usual reminder to all of our socials. If you're not following us already across our Facebook, across our Twitter, Instagram, please do so, as well as joining us on our channel here, Blackademic TV. Please subscribe to the channel and join in on the fun. Also, we're now a podcast. If podcasts are more your thing and you can access them better because you're in the gym or you're in the car, you're going to work on the tube. We are now on Acast. Download the Acast app and you can find us there. It's all Blackademic. Our show is there with extra content as well. And if you want to join on the conversation, anything you hear that you want to discuss, you want to respond to, that you want to give an opinion on, please do so with our hashtag Blackademic. That's Blackademic with no C's. B-L-A-K-A-D-E-M-K. Blackademic, the hashtag. Right. This week on the show, I want to talk about black women doing bits in 2019. Now, I'm not young, but I'm not old either. Can I get away with saying bits? Yeah. Is, is, can I? Okay. Just, bits, just about. Just, just I'm on that borderline. Okay. So those that don't know, bits means doing very, very, very well. So I want to talk with some, some ladies here I've got with me on the panel about the successes and black women basically flying in 2019 to do so. I've got here Ray here, the host of literary, literary podcast, Mostly Lit. Hello. I've also got business lady here, uh, Carice Hollett here. And I've also joined by uh, Abby Mohammed, who's a software developer and engineer tester. Right. I will start with you, Ray. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm coming to you first. <laughs> Is my assertion that black women are excelling and doing so much better across not only society, but in various industries, is that something that you recognize as well? And if so, why do you think that is? Um, to be honest, I don't think it's a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I do think that black women have always been working hard mm-hmm. um, and we've always found in, in, innovative ways to survive, to cater to our loved ones to be selfish and be very much independent. It's, you know, it's, it's not a new phenomenon of 2018, 2019, but I do think now that we're just, we've had enough of being almost in the back Mm -hmm. successful. Now it's kind of like, these are my successes and I'm proud of them. And the world should know because a lot of the times as a young black girl, the one thing that you probably need to propel your interest when you're young or to ensure that you aim higher is the idea of representation and is the idea of being able to see yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the times, because our successes are always sidelined, so are our ambitions, I suppose, especially when you're a young um, black girl. And so I do think that we're kind of changing that narrative now and our successes are not new. They're just more... Vocalize. I hear that. I hear that. Um, Chris, do you agree that it's maybe not anything new in terms of black women excelling across many different fields? It's not been maybe it's not recognized until I maybe think, of late. Yeah, I think we're in a, a day of social media. So it's just the exposure mm-hmm. is bigger. Um, so we're understanding and we're being told about more women doing more things in areas that we wouldn't normally know about, like yeah. engineering and coding. Yeah. And all of this is becoming a lot more prevalent on Instagram, Twitter, things like that. I think women in general are doing incredible things 
in 2019, black women especially, I mean, we've got the red table, Jada Pinkett, phenomenal, just allowing women to stand in their truth. You've got Shonda Rhimes, you've uh, got... Sorry, but we'll, we'll get there. Going back to um, Jada Pinkett, why is it so important that that forum exists? Why is it important for black women that they have that space to be able to talk their truths and about their experiences? Because um, I think it's my mum, my mum's black, mm -hmm. and it's always been taught, be quiet, move on, mm -hmm. handle it. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the red table is so powerful because we're allowed to express how we feel, um, how we've been hurt, how we're healing, what we've done wrong and with no judgment. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so powerful. And doing that allows women to grow and be more powerful and reach for their dreams and their goals without worrying about what other people think. Um, I, I did. I want to steer this conversation, Abby, more in the kind of celebration of black women succeeding yeah. and less on the kind of difficulties and barriers that I'm sure black women do face. And we might develop that point a mm. bit later on. But do, do, do you agree with the ladies that now we're in a time where black women are excelling because there are there are spaces and forums for women to talk about what they're doing and to, to do what they want to do as well? I, I agree because like. So I've been in the tech industry for a while mm. and ever since I've like embarked on trying to find my own tribe and community, I've realized that yeah, there are spaces where women are able to, you know, come together and collab. And I think with the power of social media, as you spoke, is allowed us like to amplify our voices. So we are our own cheerleaders within our communities and we feel confident enough to showcase it. And I feel like that's created like a ripple effect where people, yeah. other people can see the successes, even though personally within the community, it's not for clout. It's more about like, you know, having a safe space where you can talk about like, you know, difficulties and stuff like that. And then also like highlighting every time you succeed, tell yeah. your friends yeah. and then just finding that kind of like community. And I feel like now mo more people have been doing it. And then slowly the ecosystem is like became as one. So it's not just one little bubble, but every little bubble knows each other because people yeah. like connected and you're able to amplify it and you're able to see, as you said, like people's success stories, which made people more likely to, you know, oh, I can be an engineer because I can see it now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I do agree with you with the idea of how the Red Table Talk, it being a space where you can be yourself authentically. Yeah. It's mm. not enough to just be successful, but it's, I'm successful. But I can also be angry, I can be frightened, I can be hurt, I can exist in many different manifestations of who I am and still be successful. I can be hurt and still be successful. I can be, I could have gone through so much in life um, and I could have overcome that. I could just be completely mediocre, but I, you know, I succeeded in this thing. Um, and I think that's, that's really important, especially when I watch those videos, I'm like, oh my God, like these are just black women. I know. And they're great. I think what's important as well is that it kind of um, highlights to us that what we've gone through is normal. Mm. Like other women are going through that as well. I'm afraid to actually aspire to become what I think I know I can become. And other women feel that way as well. But I can still push forward and uh, push through those yeah. fear barriers. Um, sometimes when people aren't talking, you feel as though you're the only one thinking or feeling a particular way, especially as a woman. Yeah. Um, so it's nice when you hear other women standing up and speaking. Yeah. 
I cut you mid-flow when you were about to list off some people who you, who you identify as succeeding. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll let you continue. Oh, um, there's so many. There's so, there's so many. Um, Shonda Rhimes, she is actually killing the game at the moment. I love her. Um, Beyonce, Bachella, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lemonade. Yeah. Come on, B is queen. Um, who else is there? We've got Michelle Obama. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you've read her book, Becoming. It is absolutely phenomenal. She is, she is an all-round amazing, phenomenal, multifaceted black woman. She was the only first lady, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, what is she, a barrister? She's a cute, I don't know, she's a lawyer, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she, lawyer. yeah um, who else is there that's killing the game at the moment? Well, I've got a list of people that maybe aren't as high profile as the three that you've just named oh, there, right, but okay. I've got Anne-Marie Atherton, I've got Eunice, <gasps> there you go, so you I know, she's her. killing it. Angela Marr, Diane Abbott in politics, Marilyn Blackman, yeah. Dr. Shirley Thomas, Thompson, Zadie Smith, Smith, Sharon White, Jessica Huey, Tapaniza Mwanga, there's so many black women across multi-fields killing it and doing well. But when I say doing well, I think I know what I mean by doing well. What is doing well to you guys? When we say these women are doing well, what's the bar? What's the, what's the definition of what you say is doing well? Because having a job doing well. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. talking about these are lady bosses now. Are these, yeah. are these people that own things now? Yeah. What, what's the bar of doing well? I think for me, it's not really as much as having like, fame in a particular thing it's more about impact and impact can be impacting a room and it's just I don't know <laughs> if you know that Lady Gaga skit that's been going around you know if there's a hundred people in the room and there's one person that believes in you but it's kind of like <laughs> this, it's, it, it's, it's going around it's, it's going around I think you, should, you guys should go and watch it um, but I do think it's about impact and you can impact one person mm-hmm. and their whole life can change um, and in a way that is a success story. Mm-hmm. That is that is you almost being successful in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be 10, it could be loads, but it, I think it's about impact and it's all about personal satisfaction. I don't think success necessarily needs to mirror everyone else's. Mm-hmm. It could be, what do I want to achieve in life? And that can be in any like sphere, whether it's um, personal, whether it's political, whether it's work-related, whether it's extracurriculars, and putting out the steps in place to be able to achieve that goal mm. and then having that satisfaction that I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole idea of each one teach one. So you've mm. done it. There's probably a young black girl out there who also wants to do the same thing. So also going out into the world and, and being a place where being open enough so that people can approach you maybe or you can approach people and, and share your story. And it doesn't have to be crazy big Mm -hmm. it can be very small so i do think success is very personal to each person i hear that yeah what are the is there a field or is an area that any of you guys are noticing in particular black women in the last couple of years have really um been noticed been recognized really made growth is there it could be politics it could be media it could be literacy it could be business is there any it could be tech any area that you're thinking, I've noticed that particular area is where I'm seeing more and more black women excelling. Is there a particular industry yeah, I area? I think um, writing. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, that lady, she wrote The Hate You Give. Is it Angie, Angie Thomas. Um, again, mm-hmm. like I said, Shonda Rhimes. There's so, Zadie, Zadie Smith. Smith. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of especially black women writers weren't recognised for the phenomenal work that they do. And they're really coming up. And I think because of these big names, other young aspiring authors are coming up 
one of my friends, you know, she's just been commissioned by Sky to write a series. So um, we're really seeing that other black women have done it. We can do it too. So I'm seeing a big change in that. Female act actresses, the lady in, um, what's her name? Um, Murder. Murder. Oh, um, how to how to make how yeah. To get what's away her name? Murder. Oh my god, oh, how to get away with murder? Yeah, Viola Davis. <laughs> she was in a you know Black Panther. Yes, she's coming up. We've got uh, Taja Taja. These are all women coming up in um, acting and, and writing. Yeah. There are other areas that I don't really know about, like coding, engineering. In in your field, are you seeing more black women coming through, and, and not only coming through but leading? Yeah. So, for example, like the person you I mentioned, Anne Marie, like. I've followed her for like years and then I feel like there's always been like black coders but then they've all been introvert and not being like allowed to you know say stuff and go forward and especially women in my community I'm really connected with like developers and right now like the latest list with Forbes day on the day two black girls are on there yeah. okay. so Simi and yeah. Kike yeah so it's like we have females now being that narrative where you can physically see them and you can aspire to be them and them telling you as well. Uh, Simi is from my more engineering background. She, she is a coder and they're showing people you can look a certain way and still, you know, being able to code. And likewise with me, I look a certain way and people expect I can't code. And then Kike is showing people like you can be in non-technical roles as well. When people react to you in that way, is that because you're a woman or because you're a black woman? It's several like levels. So I've been um, pushed down in my career several times because either not, for me, it's like, again, color does have some impact. So maybe like when I apply for uh, jobs, I have my name as Mohammed. So it can inflict, like I've seen like me not getting that many roles or opportunities. But for me, the biggest barriers like is my age because okay. I look really young. <laughs> Even though I'm not young, that I I get that you know like oh she doesn't know what she's doing. Or, <laughs> oh this is a tag, and I'm like oh my god, I've been coding since I was 15. <laughs> so you should like, but yeah, it's like, but then again now we are changing the narrative, especially like. Um, Black Twitter tech, it's been a, like a massive wow. like movement. I just heard wow. about Black Twitter and that's Black yeah. Twitter tech. Yes. Oh, yeah. My, my niece, she's seven and she, she can code. It should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think it's amazing. And it's also what they're starting to teach in schools as well. That's broadening, that's opening up. Yeah. Um, By the time this show comes out, we would, would have just missed um, Women's Ind Independent Women's Day. Got the right way around? Yeah. Um, do you feel that when these big female milestones across the year come out, black women get the recognition and this are celebrated as much as they should be? And if, and if not... By who? By the media? By ourselves even? Do, do you think that when, when these days come around, black women are in that conversation of women succeeding and doing well? Uh, that's a difficult one because... You have men that say you've got Women's Day, um, Mother's Day. Mothers are always celebrated, you know. Um, you always thank mothers. You always thank women. Um, do I think black women are celebrated for their achievements as they should? No. No, I don't. I think we're getting there. I think it's starting to happen. Um, but there is definitely, um, it, it's not as it should be, okay. in my opinion. I do, I do, sorry, I do think like there are like microcosms. So within our small communities, there is um, celebration. Mm. 
but mainstream media still has so much work to do mm-hmm. yeah um but i do think that we're getting into that cusp of it's getting very 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 hard to ignore us mm-hmm. yeah and so because it's very hard to ignore us if you are ignoring us it's intentional and we know it because there are so many black women doing amazing things and the great thing about social media is that it's not hidden anymore and and you do have those platforms who genuinely want to invest in the in the representation of these successful women and those who might just pick one just to tick off their diversity quota and say okay we've got that coder you know we've got that writer that's enough um and some that completely don't because they're completely ruled by you know the their board meetings are filled with middle class white men who don't understand where to look to even mm-hmm. find black women and and so i do think that we're getting near that cusp of we're doing great it's very hard to ignore us yeah. so if you do you kind of have a lot of work to do yeah. in your organization no, hear, i yeah. think as well we're we're celebrating ourselves yeah. a lot more yeah. i think but i was going to ask the fact that you're not celebrated do you do you care that's do, do, the thing. Do you, do, you, do you really care? Yeah. Maybe you do, but I'm just wondering um, if, it's, if it's coming from within and you're celebrating each other, do you care that the mainstream doesn't acknowledge and celebrate you? You get to the point in your life when actually, no, you don't. And you start to realise, I have to celebrate myself regardless mm. of if others recognise me or see me for what I've done or not. Um, and when you start clapping for yourself, you, you do start to start a ripple. Yeah. and other people start to clap for you too so i mean when you're just going back to one of your questions mm-hmm. what do you deem as successful um just kind of being at one with yourself accepting mm-hmm. yourself first and foremost that's success to me and speaking to my sisters and my daughter and my friends and when i hear them just saying i'm i'm happy i'm at peace to me that's enough that's success yeah, we'll yeah. That. Uh, let's talk money so when the whole um, gender pay row kind of erupted 18 months or so ago, uh, in, in the circles that I work in and people that I know, women obviously in, in particular, there was a lot of frustration about the, the gap in race and you know, that, that, that wasn't and still hasn't been fully addressed. Do you feel that black women were fully engaged in that conversation of gender pay gap or was it, was it fronted by white women? who were already maybe wealthy already. Did you feel included in that debate um, or represented in that debate? I've always worked for large uh, accountancy firms um, and uh, there's not many women of colour. I know that there was big discussions going on and I was not included in that. And when I was looking from the outside at these discussion groups, they were predominantly white women. So um, it, that didn't make sense to me. And obviously I had to let them know that how can you have a discussion when you don't even have somebody who sure. you're discussing yeah. about? <laughs> um, and they were open. They were open and said, you're absolutely right. Sometimes we have to speak up for ourselves. Mm. And I think that's what we're learning. Yeah. So at the risk of getting uh, battered by the three of you here, um, <laughs> is it maybe that black people are just less good at making up noise than women? I th- Sorry. No, it's fine. I was going to say, like, I agree with you. Like, it's a whole... It's the fact that, yeah, when people talk about diversity, they just see gender and they just see like white women against white men and that's it. And it's the fact that we already have a narrative as, you know, black women or as soon as we open our mouth, we we sound aggressive. Yeah. It's like you're not confident, you're more arrogant. Mm. And it's that narrative where we need to like start changing. But then because people have been battered before, 
it's like people are not fighting for it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you have the next generation where we fall in the trap where we're like, oh, okay, why aren't our peers, people that are higher up talking? I'm screaming. I look crazy. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's, it's hard it's because when you get to a particular point in your career, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to make waves. You know, you don't want rock to, the boat. you don't want to rock the boat yeah. because you don't want to be seen as the aggressive mm-hmm. black woman. Um, and as much as you want to stand out, you also want to fit in. So it's, it's trying to gain this balance. But I think we're starting to realize, actually, I don't care if you think I'm an aggressive yeah. black woman. Yeah. This is what I deserve. Yeah. I have got the same educator, the experience. I've got the same qualifications. Mm-hmm. I'm actually better qualified and more equipped to do this job than my male counterpart. Pay mm-hmm. me what I deserve. Pay me my money. <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> Pay me my money. <laughs> and I think we're starting to be unapologetically, um, vocal about what we deserve i do um i do think that when we when that gender pay gap those uh that data came out i remember specifically being like it wasn't something that i even thought to look at initially because i do think that when we talk about women or when society says the society's idea of a woman is very much within the parameters of a white western like oh yeah a white middle classish woman mm-hmm. um and so i think what we need to do is change that identity to be able to first of all include all of us mm-hmm. and include all the different like intersectionalities that we have because if i'm looking at data and thinking does this even represent me why why should it even be something that i'm concerned about if i'm looking at data that's telling me yeah there's these amounts of you know women in the boardroom of this company and this is how much less they're getting paid the one thing i'm going to ask is is any are any of them black no okay so that's another aspect of me that is missing in there personally for me i'd also ask are any of them muslim do they have these different um barriers as well that they have to possibly jump over and so i do think that the woman definition mm-hmm. needs to be all encompassing um because I think there was even an intersection that talked about with, within, within that data about women of different races. But that was almost like a, an afterthought. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, a subcategory. Yeah, a subcategory. It wasn't like... Part the, of the main... Yeah, discussion. like, yeah. oh my God, this is awful, guys. Let's talk about this. Yeah. It was, okay, well, white women are getting paid this much less. And I think that for me was something that I was really uncomfortable with, with, with that data. I hear that. Um, what about men? Do you guys feel that men have become almost allies in supporting and celebrating black women's successes and wants and desires to to do well or do you guys still feel there's a resistance amongst men to make sure that you know we don't mind you guys doing well but <laughs> you know not, not better than me you know what I mean? <laughs> do, do you feel that what's the role that men play do you feel in black women doing better and better I feel like, yeah, men are allies in my case, but I think maybe the complication is where the age range is. So people in my generation, so the people that I'm in, the ecosystem, female, male, even like different, we've got different like, um, uh, there's black, there's white. It's like, there's a ray of people. We all feel like we're allies because we have the same mission. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been in situations where like, I've worked in a company and there's a male there and he's like oh yeah just be quiet or people do like you know oh you're young and then you push you down oh yeah then they realize oh i'm a little bit better than them they're like 
okay, I'm just going to ignore her for a bit. She, <laughs> will, she will get the point. She can go away. Um, but yeah, it's about generation wise. I think the people my age are fine and they always will be allies. But again, it's all about like, you know, passing that narrative back down so people mm -hmm. can learn from it. Do, do, do you agree? What's your experience of, of men um, seeing? I'm just wondering, you know, do, do, do you feel that, that, that there's more and more men that are doing their bit to empower women as well? Or do you still feel some resistance from some men that you work with and that people in your um, circles? I, I work with predominantly white males um, and I feel a lot of resistance. If I am talking about my black males outside of the working environment, so much, so much love, so much positivity, so much support. Um, if we move into a dating realm, if I may, um, I do find that they can be initially supportive at first. And then, then when they realize actually how well you are doing, no, no, just, it's, just, yeah, yeah, the balance okay. is a bit strange. Um, but for me, unfortunately, I don't find that I get a lot of support from my male counterparts. I believe I see it more as other women mm -hmm. supporting me more than the men. Okay. Cool. I, I agree. I think um, in my work life, I'm a trainee solicitor and I don't think that there is a lot of support there, mainly because, I mean, it is all white men uh -huh. um, that I work with. On the other side, when I'm doing the podcast and I'm also more, almost in the creative, um, black creative sphere, loads of support from black men um incredible but then i also have to agree i do think that when you move into personal relationships and domesticated successes when your success is not just on the platform but it's in the home mm -hmm. and you can mm. feel it mm. and that's when it becomes a bit more arduous because now you have to deal with a successful woman mm. day in day out and that can be a bit hard but then it shouldn't be and i think that's when men need to start unlearning biases mm. and unlearning um thoughts that they've been taught before and this is mm. goes back to the whole idea of generational um uh, thinking and how how if you know how would your father have reacted to your mother being breadwinner mm. of, of this home yeah um and what are the things that maybe you've learned from that as a man can you can you accept a successful woman outside of the home but if it's in your home how does that fare on you? So, yeah, I, I completely agree in that sense. <laughs> I hear that. Um, I asked earlier on, what are the areas that you would that you think black women are particularly doing well in? What are the areas that you feel we need to see more black women excelling? Where? What are the fields where you're, you feel we're still not seeing enough black women owning, running, leading in that mm. particular area? Is there, an, or is there an area? Maybe there isn't. So Maybe I, you're everywhere. I absolutely love Serena Williams. Um, but I do think that in sport, we need more black women because currently every time I'm thinking about sport, it's just I think about Serena, um, Venus, um, there's another young black girl that's come up in tennis, but I'm thinking about everywhere so else, whether it's like football, basketball, hockey, all of these. Yeah. But I guess that's just because sports is just a male dominated, um, sphere that obviously that whole ne that needs to shift entirely um but yeah i think i'd love to see more black women in in, in sports Sport. yeah that's fair i agree with that i would love to see more black women running schools okay um i'd love to see um more black women professors um i think we lack a lot of us are going to uni we're going on to do our masters we're going on to do our phds i don't believe there's enough 
representation of black females in the universities. So I'd love to see more of those. Um, politics? Politics, yes. Have you seen enough black women in no, politics? No, absolutely not. The only person that comes to mind is Diane Abbott. Um, Dawn Butler. There's not enough in the there's UK. Not. There's not. There isn't enough in the UK. Why is that? Why is that? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's something that needs to be looked into. I agree. Yourself, is there a particular area that you would like to see more? More. So women? I want to see more black women um, getting acquired and IPOing. So when you're starting a startup, I want to see... I don't want to see the uh, Mark Zuckerberg stories anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to see like people from like you know councils and gone to public schools and yeah. have IPO'd big time. So I want to see it. We don't see it enough in the UK ecosystem. It's more in the US. So we see that there. And the reason being is like different shifts of how people get investment and stuff like that. Mm. So that needs to change. So there's different phase. We need to see more women in venture capital where they're investing in you know black entrepreneurs and yeah. then we need to see those black entrepreneurs actually ipoing like big time so yeah um and just to wrap up i want a name from all three of you a black woman who you personally celebrate love aspire to be but someone who that who's your go-to black woman who's like yeah she's killing it i want to go first go on because i don't want anyone to take it <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's very obvious <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> I, I love Beyonce. It's, my, it's my personal like yeah, thing. It's amazing. just like there's nobody else. What yeah. is it about Beyonce that she's your go-to? I think it's just her rate of hard work. Anything I think she puts out, it's meticulous. Mm -hmm. mm. It is perfect to a T. And if she falls down, she gets right back up yeah. on that stage. Mm -hmm. I think even when I was watching Beychella, it was a two hour and a, like two and a something big performance. And she took a sip of water after an hour and a half of performing. A sip. And that was it. And then she continued. I was like, this is incredible. I do think that, yeah, that is my, when I'm thinking of like my own success and you yeah, know, she's where I want to, I want to have Beyonce's number on my phone. Yeah. Yourself? It's got, it's got to be alive. It's got to be Oprah. Okay. Um, deceased, passed away, Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. For me. Those are two strong, powerful black women who have gone through so much adversity, so much pain and overcome it and changing lives are killing it killed it um yeah spoke unapologetically authentically um and it was their mission to help brilliant that was that's beautiful for that's me. Shot. Mm. And finally yourself abby so i would say for me personally and i would love to mimic her in the uk is arlen hamilton so she's runs backstage capital uh she's lgbt black over 30 and she just like raised recently 36 mil she invests one mil at a time in like black companies, LGBT female. Wow. Um, so she is a big inspiration because if she's able to do that in the US, remember, remembering she's not the typical Silicon Valley type of investor. Mm. She, her journey was amazing. She was homeless for a bit. And then she pursued saying like, I'm going to learn how to be an investor. And she did it. And then on my tech, tech side, again, Dr. Anne-Marie, Mm -hmm. I love her. I'm a big fan of hers as well. I'm a big fan because the thing is, yeah, first of all, she's killing it with STEMETs and like encouraging, like increasing the tech pipeline that we need. But at the same time, she's being herself. 
so like i've had a, like the opportunity to meet her and stuff and she is like she's like one of the girls like she's so like bubbly funny Small. and she yes yeah, she's normal yeah. but then she's helping us like it's amazing so yeah she can do them too for me Good shots, good shots. Lady, thank you. Thanks for your time. That was brilliant. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. Um, subscribe to the channel. Please do run all the socials, as I mentioned, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Subscribe to this channel, Black Academic TV. Just click the button, click it, click it, click it. And also on our podcast, find us on ACAST. Download the app. Until next week, peace. Okay, so now we're going to go into our overrated or underrated little feature that we that we do on the podcast each week. Uh, this week on the show, Ray, who featured on that debate, on that panel celebrating black women's successes, um, told us about who or what she feels within the black community is either overrated or underrated. Enjoy. So I'm now joined by Ray, one of our panelists now, second time on to find out who you think uh, is underrated or overrated, either a thing, a person, or a yeah. period in time. Talk to me. All right. So I think something that is really underrated that the culture should be screaming about is um, a book and a person, actually. So um, Zora Neale Hurston wrote this incredible book called Their Eyes Were Watching God. Mm-hmm. And I am so gobsmacked that I never heard about this book until last year. Mm. It has like, it's a book that when I first read, I was blown away. I was shaking. I was so disarmed that I couldn't even function for a whole like 20 minutes just afterwards, finish reading it. It's a book about this young woman who just undergoes a process of figuring out who she is in a black America that I think it's almost set in like 60s or um, that kind of era. And it's just a black woman finding out who she is mm-hmm. um, through various um, attachments that she has with men. And in the end, there is this epic scene well, in the middle when she, her husband, her second husband dies. There is this epic scene where she takes off. She has this flowing long hair and she always has it up in a bun or has it up wrapped up. And it's not something that she likes to do, but the people around her, they, you know, they'll, they'll tell her, like, put your hair up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a scene where her husband is dying on the bed. She looks in the mirror and takes off the head covering and it just, her hair just falls. Mm-hmm. And it was so awe-inspiring because yeah, yeah. she was like, that's it. Now I'm going to live my life. Yes. And then the next person that she kind of gets with is this young man called Tea Cake who... The relation it's it's a it's a love that is passionate and burning, not without mistakes, but she kind of figures out who she is in this book by understanding that it is not an attachment with men that makes her who she is. It's not an attachment with the world or society or people. It is essentially sitting down at your back porch, looking out into the world and th- and thinking, I've experienced it all yeah, yeah. and I know who I am. And so that's, that's my thing that I'm like, I don't understand how people have never, like, why didn't I read this book at school as a young black girl? Why didn't anybody tell me about this book until I was 25? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that has almost changed me in a way as a, as a young black woman existing in the West, mm-hmm. in that this is the book that I needed. It gave me goosebumps because I was like, whoa. There is an experience of self-learning and, and self-realization, self-actualization, understanding who you are, 
outside of your immediate attachments to the existing world outside of you, you kind of realize that there is this, this intangible value within yourself mm-hmm. from the mere fact of existing. And I'm quite religious, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I always attach it with, I guess, God. So there is a part of me that is just just as valuable just because I exist. And this is the book that made me realize mm-hmm. that. Brilliant. Um, welcome <laughs> that. I'm, I'm going to go, go check it out myself. So just, just for our listeners, um, what the name of the book again and the author? The author, uh, the name is Their Eyes Were Watching God mm-hmm. by Zora Neale Hurston. Perfect. So I'm going to go check it out. Oh, thank please you. do. Thank you very much. Cheers, Ray. <laughs> thank <Big> you. <laughs> Excellent. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.